Welcome to the Primal Endurance Podcast. Slow down and enjoy the show, where we rap, literally, about everything you need to know. I'm your host, Brad Kearns. Are you ready? Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome back to the show, first of all, my sidekick, Lindsay Taylor. Here we are, joining across the planet Earth to Andre Obradovich in Australia. You had incredibly rave reviews after your first appearance on the Primal Endurance podcast. People are like, get that guy on again. We said, okay, we're here. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about. What are we going to do today, Andre? Well, um, I thought if it was okay for you guys um, and the listeners, maybe we could talk about something that isn't really food or training related to start off with, and that's about mindset and uh, what I call the wheel of life. Um, it's a bit of a tool I use with some of the people I work with. Um, we could talk about how I got to to that state in terms of leaving the corporate world from high stress, which is also a lot about what I see athletes facing. Um, and maybe we could talk then talk a bit about the wheel of life, which might make help people uh, understand where they've gotten to, where they want to go to next, and and how to change some beliefs and habits. Maybe I'm not sure. What do you think about that? I think that's not as important as our interval times and our heart rate zones, right? Uh, wait, maybe it is. Oh my goodness, this could be the secret. We have enough content about the logistics of endurance training. I think on on this channel and many others. So I like your tea, man. The wheel of life. Excellent. Okay. What is, what is it? All right. So um, <clears throat> the Wheel of Life's a coaching tool that we use, and uh, I ha- I'll, I've, I'll send you guys a PDF and a blog so people can download the tool themselves because we always like to give people something that they can use for free. <clears throat> um, so it's a tool that looks like a wheel, and on that wheel you have – imagine if you had a – not a pizza, unless it was a gluten-free, low-carb pizza or a keto pizza. I like to use an orange. And if you look at an orange where you cut it in half and you divide it into eight segments, you can then divide those eight segments into any aspect of your life that you want to. So as an example, the standard one I use as a tool, which everyone that listens in can download, which I'm sure you'll make available, um, could be family and friends, romance, significant other, finances, money, health, career, job, physical environment, fun and recreation. Oh my God, that we have to rate our fun and recreation. And then the last one could be personal growth. So you whether you want to use a pizza, as long as it's a low-carb, gluten-free, keto pizza, otherwise we'll feel sick tomorrow if we eat normal pizza, or an orange, you divide it up into those segments, and then in the center of the orange, you have zero, and then out to the edge of the orange, we have the number 10, and you sort of do, I don't know, what do you call them? You've guys, you guys have seen it. Is it like, how could you describe it, like little radiuses, or what's a technical term? Concentric circles. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. Excellent. You're so welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Concentric circles from zero out to 10. And then what I ask people to do is look at that and reflect. And often it's good to do this when maybe they're alone or they've got a box of uh, tissues next to them or whatever you, you, I think you call them Kleenexes, right? So that, uh, because sometimes this does get emotional. And I ask people to say, well, today, 
I want you to rate yourself on where you're at today for all of those segments. And you then get a pen and you go to maybe finances and money and you might rate yourself at two, three, four, or maybe even nine or 10. And you draw a line across that segment, maybe a fluoro, like a colored fluoro pen. And you do that for all of the segments. So whether it's romance, family and friends, personal growth. And then what you have is those concentric circles either look like a nice smooth wheel. Now it could be a small wheel that's rated at number two or three for all the way around, but it's not too unbalanced. Or it could be a wheel that's like like in the Flintstones, you know, in the Flintstones, how Barney Rubble, is it Barney Rubble and Fred, they push the, they have the car and sometimes the big concrete wheel or um, rock wheel isn't balanced and it doesn't move gently across the ground. It could be like a pizza that's had bits cut out of it and it's totally unbalanced. And you sort of look at that and say, well, shit. As an example, you know, I've got someone, a client who isn't someone that's on the primal endurance, they've done a wheel of life and it shows that they've rated finance and money at like uh, two and their relationships or romance and significant other at two, which doesn't mean anything really. But then what you ask people to do is rate the importance of those fields. So as an example, the first step is you do the concentric circles to come up with a picture of how balanced the wheel of life is. And then you say, okay, so if finance and money is two and family and friends is five and fun and recreation is three or health is one, I want you to then write a number on the outside of the circle with which is the most important to you. And this can be really telling. So I've got a client, I've got an example here. Once again, no one that's on the podcast and no one, I'm not going to mention a name. This person's rated finance and money as number one and they've, their level of satisfaction with it is two. Romance and significant other, they've rated the same rating. However, the importance they've put on that is four. And this person's been married for like 30 years. Um, you know, health, they've rated as six and they've made that the number five most important thing. So this is the first step in sort of doing the wheel of life to say, well, where are you today? How do you actually feel about where you are with those uh, segments of the orange or the pizza? And then what's the most important to you? That's the first step. I'll just pause there in case you want to ask any questions about that. Well, I actually, I love the idea of incorporating more subjective ratings into our kind of self-assessments. But I feel like as athletes, we get very tied up in heart rate variability, sleep tracking, maybe measuring our blood sugar, like all these very objective measurements. And it doesn't maybe occur to some of us to take a step back and say, but really like, how am I doing? How do I feel about how I'm doing? And I think that's an excellent tool for using that. Do you think it's something that people can use on their own? Or do you think that's something that people really should be kind of going over with a coach? Well, the the thing that I'll provide you is a tool that they can totally use on their own. It has all the questions. It has the pro, it has a pro, the process. It even has some examples of um, ask yourself, is this rating or is this, what's the belief that's gotten you to this stage, you know, and is that resourceful to you? So I think initially just doing it yourself and most, I would say most people 
if they have an emotional emotional reaction to it, they could then probably work through it themselves. But if they do it and they're like, oh, okay, that's interesting, maybe they need someone to help ask them some of those deeper questions, yeah? So, I mean, actually, maybe taking a step back, I think maybe a lot of our listeners don't, or maybe know from our first podcast that you are a very accomplished athlete and maybe miss the part where you're actually a very accomplished coach as well. So can you just take a, a little quick step back and tell us about the kind of coaching you do, and then tell us more about how you use this to help kind of establish a relationship with your clients? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, you know, very quickly, I had a big corporate job, was in the military, all that stuff, got sick, worked in a toxic environment. We can talk about that another thing maybe, but some of your people might have the same situation. I had to leave and I had to reinvent myself. I couldn't I couldn't go and win the world record in uh, speed golf, so I decided to become a coach um, and I did a whole range of training with the International Coaching Federation and it's a long process of doing mentored coaching, having sessions recorded, being assessed. It's not some on. Un- Online bogus course where you just do shit online, right? Um, like and- in America. <laughs> no. So what is this? What's the international? Is it from Australia? Is it based in Australia? Uh, no, America. American. American. Oh, it is? The ICF, the International Coaching Federation. And is it for fitness or if it no? Is it no. more Exec- broad based? Executive life coaching. Oh, okay. Yeah. Legit so, stuff. so all those, yeah, all the well. <laughs> well, it's it's probably one of the hardest qualifications to get, right? Um, you have to have sessions recorded. They have coaches assess you. Um, you have to pass exams, um, and, and you have to provide ongoing diaries of how many hours you're coaching. They then can ring clients and ask the client, "Did you do the session?" and get feedback. Yeah, it's a pretty rigorous process and there's three levels. There's ACC, there's PCC and MCC. MCC is the top and that's like a master coach. You have to have like 20,000 million hours. PCC is what I am. You have to have, uh, I think, uh, 500 hours and that's taken about four years to get. So so this is one of the first tools we use on in, on that course and this is one of the first tools I use as a coach. Yeah. Great. And you use it even with, so you use it no matter who you're coaching, whether it's someone who comes to you more for life, you know, business coaching or for your athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the good thing is you can change. So here's the thing, you know, how you can, how you can have a salami pizza and in (laughs) Australia, we call the Aussie pizza. We put an egg on it, right? Have you ever had a pizza with egg on it? I don't think I have. Wow. I went, to, to digress, I went to Raleigh to a big meeting at Cisco and they had a cafe there. You know, all the big American companies have these cafes. And I ordered a pizza. And I, this is when I was a fatty, a carby boy, and I had an egg on it. And everyone in the cafe freaked out. And next week they made this big Aussie pizza. Anyway, so you can have a pizza in all different flavors. You can do the wheel of life in all different flavors, right? So we, we could actually create one together where we brand it as the primal, you know, you could call it a primal health coaching wheel of life or, you know, the – you know, primal endurance, whatever, and you just change the segments. So I actually do this with some people where we don't do the romance, we don't do the finance, we don't do the health, or we may do that first, but then we develop one and say, okay, now that we've worked out what your mindset's about and um, what belief has gotten you to where you are and what's valuable to you, let's do one, a subjective one on fitness. So we have a flavor that's like the Aussie pizza flavor, which is around um, 
lifestyle and beliefs and non-athletic pursuits. And then we can have another one, which is around athletic pursuits, but it's all subjective. So, you know, it could be around um, um, how do you feel when you train at the gym? What do you th- what do you feel about your muscle composition? What do you feel about your long, slow runs? What do you feel about math training? Where do you rate yourself? You know, your swimming or whatever your athletic pursuits are, you could do one around that so you have an athletic one and you have your sort of more health and life coach lifestyle ones. Okay. So then, okay. So I'm your athlete. I come to you. I do my wheel of life. What are you looking for? What are your red flags? What are you going to, how are you going to take that and now help me decide how to fit training into my life? Uh, okay. So are we talking about doing the standard wheel of life with all the, yeah, this, the standard. Okay. One. So what I'd be, um, Firstly, what I'd be asking you is, how did you feel when you did this? Did you need your box of Kleenexes? Were were there any light bulb moments that came out when you did this? And that usually generates an interesting discussion. Uh, People will say things like, wow, I had no idea that I wasn't having much fun in my life. Or I had had no idea that... um, my physical environment sucks so much, right? So you sort of ask them what they got out of it. But but the thing I look for is the red flag on what is a low rating and where do they put their importance? So if someone puts their health as a below six or seven and they don't rank it in number one or two, I'll ask them questions. I'll say, oh, and it's never a judging question, right? We always have to make coaching a safe place for people. So it might be, okay, so Lindsay, I've noticed that you've ranked finances. I'll just, we haven't done this, everyone. This is just, I'm making this. These are not my yeah, numbers. Yeah, this is not your numbers because that would be a breach of coaching <laughs> confidentiality. I might say, so Lindsay, um, with my coach's hat on, you've rated finance and money at two in terms of the level of your satisfaction and you've ranked it number one importance. Now, if we look at your health rating, you've ranked that as three and you've put that as number seven of your importance. Can you tell me more about what that's about? Right? Or can I ask you, how does that make you feel? What is it about you know, your health when you rate it as number four, what does that mean? Like, what is it about rating at number four? What, what's made you rate it, rate it at number four? And then you might say, oh, well, you know, I don't sleep well. I have diarrhea. I just feel tired in the morning. I have no energy. You know, you'd say whatever you say. And then I'd be, okay. And okay, so let's say you are at number four now. Where would you like that to get to in the future? Right Now, you, you may say, um, well, you know, I'm a short-term person like a lot of athletes are, and, you know, in a couple of weeks I want that to be at number six or seven. And I'd say, oh, okay, so in two or three weeks you'd like to change it, yet you've rated it as number five in your importance. Do we want to rethink this? You know, if we look at this, the wheel, look at the pizza – can you tell me, are the ratings against the priorities correct? Do you want to re-snap that? So that's sort of part, yeah. of, part of the process. 
I do think that's such an important exercise in life, but also with with specific regard to sports that people take a step back and they think they kind of, they think about the degree to which the way they're allocating their time aligns with their personal values. You know, are, are you giving time to the things that are really important to you? And I think in, with athletes, this comes up a lot where, you know, maybe we spend a lot of time, we were talking about this on Facebook today. We spend a lot of time or mental, emotional energy trying to get faster without thinking about whether or not we're really actually motivated by finishing time. You know, and maybe if you took a step back, you're going to realize that the thing that motivates you about your sport is the time you get to spend training with your friends. And that's what's really gives you the value in terms of your pursuits. But yet the way you're allocating your time and your, maybe your stress level and your emotional investment is in aspects of the sport that you care about less. Mm, mm. So, so one of the things I ask people through this process is, or what, what we're trying to do is understand where are we today and then where do we want to move forward to? So I ask people to sort of, okay, so this is where we are today with the wheel. Can you pick two or three areas that you believe are the most important to you? And they may adjust the priorities after we ask some curious questions. I like to, one of the coaching things, we we have to ask curious questions to make people think because we believe everyone has the answers. They just haven't necessarily had the resources to access those answers. So inside, we know that getting good sleep is important to us, but we choose, we deliberately choose to stay up and binge on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We, you know, we know that we know intrinsically that um, being, being kind to our partner and um, being uh, caring for them is very much how we, really should be but sometimes we make the choice not to be because we're pissed off about work or something else in our life and it's easy to take it out on other people right so you know where are we now but then importantly where do we want to go to next so i'd say okay if we've adjusted our priorities if that's what you as the client want to do could we then get a different colored pen so we've done this in orange can we get a different colored pen and say Let's pick two or three of these and let's rate them where we want to be in the future and what's a reasonable time frame to get there. So, you know, if romance and significant other is two and they decide actually instead of that being four, that's got to be a number two because I don't want to get divorced and I really do love my partner and it's important to me. I want that to be a seven and I want that to be a seven within six mm-hmm. months. We say, okay, that, that sounds reasonable. Then we say, okay, what do we need to do? What do you need to do or what could not need? That's a bad word. What could you do to make changes there to get you up to a seven? And what would it be like? So we sort of try and describe, get them to describe where are they now and what's it like? And then what would what would it look like to them to say, yes, I've met the metric of being at seven out of 10. And we ask them to write that down. So, okay, I wouldn't argue as much. Okay, well, that's, you can't measure that. What's, I couldn't, I wouldn't argue as much. So today I'm having an argument with my spouse nearly every night over the kids leaving their bedroom in a mess. 
Okay. And that causes an argument. So if that was to be a seven, what would it be? Well, I'd only argue once a week. Okay, great. Will that make a change? Yes. All right. What else? So you get them to list two or three things that we can measure. We can, you know, have some metrics around measuring. If we achieve those three metrics, would that be an indication that we are at seven? Now, you could have some things you measure, and obviously you could have some, some subjective things about how you're feeling. So, so that could be, I'm feeling less anxious at night. I'm getting less stress in my chest after dinner when the arguments usually start. And I ask them to journal that, <clears throat> and, and so they know what it would be like to be there, and then it's like, okay, now, what's the action plan to make that happen? Does that make sense? 100%. Do you have any questions, Brad, before I keep rolling on my? <laughs> well, let's take it back to the athlete. And I see a pattern. I talk about this a lot on the show where you have these wonderful, beautifully enumerated stated goals that I want to be a role model for my kids. I want to pursue my passions and balance my stressful work job with an athletic goal. And then in real life, they're behaving in a manner that's not congruent with those stated goals. So they've created this beautiful wheel. They've sent it over to their coach and it's got different colors on there and they have the different ratings. And the health is number one, of course, Andre. Why? How could money be ahead of health? Uh, that's ridiculous. And then you uh, check in with them uh, after a month of uh, interaction where they're uh, staying up too late, working too much, too stressed, yelling relating uh, stressful stories to you and inventing and showing signs of disturbance relating to their pursuit of the, of the buck such that they're not putting health number one. So when you're in that situation, I guess that's when it's the most valuable time for a coach to come and say, Hey, let me dust off your wheel and let's see, would you even ask them to, to give it the ideal rating and then the honest rating next to it, the ideal wheel and then the, the actual wheel. Um, what I actually do is I ask them to print a couple of copies and I ask them if it's, let's say a man, as an example, cause that's the one you use. I ask them to give it to their partner and ask their partner to rate them. Like rate, oh. rate, rate, their, rate their husbands. You mean? There goes the, there goes the relationship at, <laughs> at 10. Now, what, what are you talking about? No, no, no. Arrogant, self-absorbed. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I did it for one guy and his wife, and here's the thing. He rated romance. You know where this is going to go, right? Your listeners will know where this is going to go, right? He rated romance as 10 and finance 2. So tell me, what did his wife do? Quite the opposite. <laughs> totally opposite. And he rings me and he goes, Andre, you've saved my marriage. And I'm like, oh, no, I haven't. You have. And he, I go, why? He goes, I've just booked a dirty weekend away with my <laughs> wife <laughs> and the kids are look, being looked after because I had no idea, right? right that she thought he was valuing her. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I do it a bit in a laughing way, but honestly, I ask athletes, particularly men, to ask their wife to do it because they just run with the blinkers a lot of the time, you know, they have the blinkers on. Um. So that's one thing. But the other thing is I, I like to talk to people every week, right? So even if it's a 15-minute chat to try and help them stay on the path and ask them what's going on and how are they feeling, you know, 
a month is too far trying to do a weekly, even if it's a 15 or 20 minute chat to help people stay on the path and ask them those curious questions helps, I think. But it's a big problem, Brad, absolutely. I mean, that's why I got so sick. For me, it was all about money and job and providing for the family. And, you know, I got to the point where I was standing on a railway platform six years ago and I almost jumped in front of a train. You know, one of the identified forces that pushed you off your center of of happiness and balance and got you that far, uh, you know, distressed that your, you know, your, your life had hit a bottom point. Um, is it the, the enticement of the promotions that you were seeking and your ego was so wrapped up in it that that's all that mattered or what kind of threw you off kilter? Um, yeah, good. Um, good question. I think it was, um, I had my whole identity, my identity was uh, totally wrapped up in being an executive and like when people asked me what I did, it was all about my job. You know, everything I did in life was, work was so important because I was, I think part of it for me was I left school, I didn't finish school, I didn't go to university, I was in the army, it was all about rank and position and promotion, the army was great but I had that drilled into me that it's all about always doing the best you can, always moving ahead, always getting ahead, uh, always looking after the team. So when I when I changed jobs from one corporate job, which was a great company, to this other company, which was horrible, it was about me taking the next step in my career. Yeah, it was all about me, but it was that was my I had nothing else apart from I had my family but everyone has a family right that's what you think and you have this big you have this job and that was me I was working for this job the um, position um, that you know I left school I didn't finish school I didn't have university yet I was earning all this money and I had this big job that's what it was about and it all just went to crap I mean would you say that like if you had filled out your wheel of life back then, would it have been just all of, you know, all of your rankings would have been around career money and other things were neglected? Or was it just that you were, you know, kind of, you were semi-invested in all these other things, but just that one was so dominant. You know what I mean? Uh, it would have been mainly all about the money, career, and personal growth, I think. Yeah. Well, where's the... Um, uh, Where's the personal growth come in? Were you were were you able to be reflective? Like, did you realize that your life was out of balance and that you were uh, no, I you didn't. You're spinning out of control, or were you just thinking about the next meeting that you had and the oh, it was just intense competition. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like eighteen hour days. I was lucky to. I was I was working at this desk till two o'clock nearly every morning because I worked for initially American company and the culture was good there, but all the meetings were scheduled at. 4 p.m. or noon America time and because you're in Australia, no one gave a shit. So I was lucky to get six hours sleep a night for like 10 years. It was just crazy, you know. <laughs> and during during that time, I suppose you had uh, great areas of satisfaction in your life. Your compensation was increasing, your role, your responsibility. So you were, you were getting certain needs met. Yep. And I guess not attentive to the idea that you were 
getting disconnected from personal relationships or your health is falling apart. Well, yeah, okay, so yes, all my needs professionally and financially were getting met and we were able to go on good holidays and stuff, but I sort of, this is quite personal, but I was sort of, I don't think I was a very good father. I don't think I was emotionally connected that well to my kids and I think that's had a bit of an impact on our relationships, although now that I'm home all the time, I'm trying to, you know, improve that. Uh, and my health, well, you know, I, I didn't think there was a problem with my health because everyone else in the office cubicle was putting on weight and we were getting 45, 46, 47, 48. Everyone had a little tiny belly over their belt and everyone was always starving and everyone was always coughing. And it's like, like I said, I was sort of like, I thought I was the healthiest one out of all of them, you know? Wow, that's heavy because you're now we're talking about our our peer group, our environment, we can set the example of teenagers who are all doing stupid shit together so they don't think they're doing stupid shit. And it's normal. that's pretty interesting. It it's normal, normal normal corporate behavior. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of times you get kudos for, hey Andre, thanks for joining us, man. You're a real powerhouse. It must be late over there. What time is it? Oh, oh it's freaking yeah. two in the morning. Yeah. Well, you know, let's give him let's give him a clap and then that makes up for the for the sleep you just lost because you got a you got a proper I was such a dick, you know. I used to, I used to be like, yeah, it's like uh, two o'clock in the morning. I'm a legend. I used to brag about it. Like, what an idiot, right? I used to brag. Oh yeah, I was, oh yeah, I was on a two o'clock con call. I got four hours sleep. I'm back at it. Yeah, like seriously, I thought that was like good. Yeah, I mean, if we if we had a um, a psychologist here, which we do, <laughs> she would probably say that we're all seeking what exactly that which you described. You're getting that recognition from your peers. You're feeling a sense of, of self-importance and inflated. Your, your ego demands are getting met. And I guess that allows you to spin, spin down uh, this path to where some strange event has to occur to have a wake-up call. Otherwise, you live your whole life with blinders on like certain world leaders right now. They're 71 years old or however old. You know, they've had... They've had 71 years of nonstop narcissism and dysfunction to the extent that they don't understand. And, and this is a, this is a, a show for reportedly for endurance athletes, but I think we're, we're uncovering some, uh, some nuggets here that might, might uh, cause leaps and bounds in performance improvement. What would the shrink say about all this? Well, I mean, we, we see the exact same behavior within athletic communities, right? Mm. But the difference is, that when it's people who are pushing themselves to these levels and being self-congratulatory about making decisions that are ultimately bad for their health and getting sucked into the group mentality and starting to do groupthink and not really analyzing their choices anymore, not only, well, actually it's probably a lot the same where people are applauding them because, you know, they're out there and they're running these races and they're doing these things that we as a society admire right and it's the same way as in corporate culture right we admire the people who are working hard and being successful we also admire the athletes who are working hard and being successful so you can see there's a direct parallel between the two yeah one question i ask people who i sense uh maybe their value their values aren't aligned or their actions aren't aligned with their values or what they really want is i say you know what would happen if you got made redundant tomorrow or if you screwed up at work tomorrow? They wouldn't – and it, it wasn't deliberate, but you did something to embarrass the company. 
and and they I let them answer, and most of them go, oh, they'd sack me. I said, yeah, you'd be gone, and in 30 days' time, they wouldn't even remember who you were. They wouldn't give a shit because it's all about the company and the money and the profit. And sometimes that's my, that makes people think. But I said, what if you had a heart attack tomorrow? What would, hap- what would your family do? And they, it's a totally different reaction, you know. So then how, how the things you're doing, I say, how are the things you're doing contributing to your health, your future, and, and particularly for older people, if they've got grandkids, right, and they're a little bit overweight, I say, do you want to be chasing your grandson around at the basket? Like they talk about, oh, my grandson does basketball or football or whatever. Do you want to be chasing them around at the soccer field or the football oval or do you want to be in the wheelchair with one leg or on a walking cane because you've got diabetes or rheumatoid arthritis from your health, your lifestyle choices? And that can once again require those tissues to come out because they know that that's where they're headed. But sometimes they don't ask themselves the questions. Yeah, we need like, you know? uh, we need visceral experiences because we're too stupid to reflect in the future or think that's going to happen to me. Or there's just there. The power of the ego is so strong. Like, you know, you could have sat me down in the middle of my professional racing career and tried to talk some sense to me like, hey, man, you know, do you realize you're, you're excel, uh, accelerating your aging process dramatically right now uh, by doing what you're doing? And also that your, um, you know, your, your ego is winning out over common sense repeatedly as you make these behaviors every day. And if I had that good fortune to engage the counsel of, of a life coach or a, a therapist who had experience in endurance sports like Dr. Lindsay or, or Dr. Andre, my coach over in Australia, I, I probably would have, um, you know, refuted anything you had to say because I knew too much and I, I had all the answers myself. You know, it's like when you most need the help and when you most need the perspective is oftentimes when you're least likely to be open to the message. Mm. And the other thing is, <clears throat> you know, as a coach, I try not to give people the answer or the message. You just want to ask them the right questions because they know inside what's really going on. You either have to ask them the right question or have silence in the coaching conversation. So someone might say something and you'll say, oh, really? Oh, and then just not, you not say anything. You're tricking me, man. You're making me answer my own question. That's unfair. Or oh, okay, that's interesting. Can you tell me more about that? Or what's that about? You'd never say why because that's a judging question. But uh-huh. well, this guy's good. I like that. You know. that's, that's true. Have you ever seen Andre's list of all the various professional trainings he's done? He's legit, man. He's done a lot of work to get to where he is today, which I actually think is an interesting point because, you know, you got to a point where you were at a very serious breaking point, right? Because you had just continued down this one path without ever really taking a step back and questioning it. But you just said to us, you know, the answers are, everyone knows the answers. And I think that's true. I think everyone does know the answers about what, you know, if you take a big picture and look down on your own life, the things that are really important. Um, and I think that it's not always that people aren't asking the questions is that once they know the answers, like, yes, what I'm doing now isn't fulfilling my most important needs that obligates them to then 
do something about it or continue on their path with the more conscious recognition that they are doing something that doesn't meet their needs anymore. So I think, I mean, I think it's obvious or not obvious, but I think it's, it, it's clear to me at least why people don't ask themselves that question because when you know the answer, then you have to be motivated to action. It's scary. Ouch. Ouch. Making, making change happen is hard. Sorry, I, Brad. I said, ouch, cause you guys are hitting, you're hitting these points hard. I mean, those are, those are going to sting. And those are going to sting. Listeners, listeners, are you staying with me? Are you guys <laughs> staying right now? I mean, this stuff is right slap in the face. What, what's up? No bullshit. <laughs> what is up? And right, we, we, we have some recognition of how stupid we're being. Or alternative, we have, we don't know any better. And so we entered the endurance scene and we talked to the more experienced training partners and they say, oh, wait till you hit mile 20 of that first marathon. You are on a death march like nothing else. You can't believe the pain and the suffering and the swelling the next day. You better plan on taking off work. And so the person's like, really, really? It's that bad? Oh, yeah. And guess what? The training, you're going to be on the couch with the Iron Man. What do they call that when they're training through the summer for Iron Man? It's like I got the Iron Man couch thing or something in, implying that you're going to be like sleeping on the couch for most of the summer because the workouts are so hard. And so this is like, this is your socialization and this is your education. And so you don't know any better than to get exhausted via your workouts because that's what you think the sport is all about. So there's like two levels of awakening possible here. Ooh, that's actually a really good, that's a good cliffhanger. To, to, I know. We could, we could talk, we could schedule our next podcast and, Talk about Andre's great awakening. It's it's the, <laughs> the, the material was so heavy that we we should like uh, c- compress the episode so that we can just reflect on that further, and we'll we'll get you back, man, to, to go into chapter two. But I think that opening point, and we can go on your website and, and pull down the wheel, right, and begin this exercise. And we can link to it in our show notes too. Yeah, I've given I've given you the a link and a copy of the PDF. So however you want to do it, but we can always change it and call it, you know, put the primal podcast on it or something i don't care whatever yeah we should, we should work on that and then we'll put it up in our primal endurance facebook group for all of our members to come and see okay great our open group by the way any listeners can come and join us over there anytime and then we'll make a big collage with like a, a thousand wheels like a screen protector <laughs> with all these people with the fred flintstone flat tires where the the score doesn't balance it's, the priority it's interesting and then i ask people to use colors you know, so get a fluoro pen and color in whatever color you like. Right. Time out. We we call those highlighters in America. No one's going to know what I, I, I only know what he's talking about because I can see Andre and he's waving it in the air. And it's a fluoro pen is a highlighter. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Look, that'd be great, guys. I hope people get some benefit from it. Um, and um, it's a great tool. And as I say, you can change the segment names to be Aussie pizza or Hawaiian pizza, whatever segments you want to call them around what suits people in their life, you know, and if you've got a partner, ask your partner to rate yourself. That's what I'd be recommending. If you can, if you can be brave enough to. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know, maybe you need to send the kids away for that one so that when it devolves into a a little bit of a screaming match at the end, you can. Yeah, this is like the the newlywed game where you have to do you have to do it simultaneously, and you go, okay, yeah. hold up your one through ten relationship. Three, you mofo, you I put seven, you know, like instantaneously. Exactly. Oh, oh what, a, what a fun party game! Yeah. Oh my gosh, the last party you'll ever attend right. in your in your hood. 
So I think the, the maximum benefit right now is going to come from listening to Andre's show number one, yes, where he's talking about not being a Muppet and going in and doing the deadlifts and blowing the competition away. We had that fabulous discussion of the, of the, of the training nature and then pair that seamlessly with a, a pushing play on this episode number two. And we have a beautiful setup for true personal growth and evolution as an athlete and as a person. So thanks for joining us from across the world, Andre. Thank you, guys. Lovely to talk to you. And I hope everyone enjoys the podcast and I'll answer whatever questions come up um, in the best way I can if it helps people. And uh, just for the record, it's a nice afternoon in California and a nice morning for Andre. None of this two in the morning stuff. You got a nice bike right ahead of you. We're back on your routine. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> so Chris Kelly, Nourish, Balance, Thrive, we're, we're talking about health and you're telling me a funny story about your picky four-year-old daughter that won't eat unless there's Primal Kitchen uh, condiments on the table. It's true. My daughter will not eat unless there's f***ing the Primal Kitchen Wilder. <laughs> it's, it's this cute thing, actually, she does. We have a local state park called Wilder Ranch. Oh, yeah. And uh, she calls the ranch dressing Wilder Ranch dressing. Which <laughs> we, 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 there's no way we're going to correct her on that. It's just too It's so, so endearing. Uh, how old um, is she? She's four. Oh my gosh. So she likes like the mayo on a Oh yeah, she so she loves those sort of we love them as well. We have uh we, we eat them all the time. We eat the mayo, we eat the balsamic, we eat the the ranch, um the avocado oil we use all the time. And and so, you know, that's completely genuine and I don't mind talking about that because you took the pain in the ass out of condiments. I really appreciate that. What an authentic spot from Chris Kelly at Nourish Balance Thrive. And yes, Primal Kitchen, you can call it Wilder Ranch Dressing if you want. And uh, we'll send five cents of the proceeds over to that beautiful state park because they're, they're trying to make ends meet in Santa Cruz Mountains. Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> it's my pleasure. 